0: Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast, 30 minutes, 45 for patrons of news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty and justice. This is Monica Perez
1: and I'm Brad Binkley.
0: Our top story, Biden and Putin meet for what's described by the mainstream media as tense talks in Geneva. The headline is U.S. and Russian leaders discuss prickly issues at their first summit, including cyber and human rights in russia and agreed to restore their ambassadors now i'm focusing on the cybersecurity aspect here and i'll tell you why it says they uh they discussed not only those items but arms control ukraine and alexei navalny which i think was a psyop so ukraine is a very serious issue we need to stay on top of uh the but the cybersecurity thing is the one—the thing I wanted to focus on because there was a couple of kind of headline articles about specifically one on CNN's homepage, which I describe as like for the quote from the Big Lebowski: "This aggression will not stand." Uh, it was the Big Lebowski show and a clip of George Bush, but it reminded me of that, and it was an article written for CNN by two congressmen, a Republican and Democrat, Jim langevin I think you pronounce his name and Michael McCall. So they go on about how these cyber attacks, colonial, et cetera, are Russian and we need to stand up to Russia and we need to speak with one voice and we need to coordinate with our allies and yada, yada, yada. And I'm looking for the punchline, looking for the punchline. And then I see it. It's we need to pass the Cyber Diplomacy Act right away. And it makes me think of the SIPA uh, and so the SOPA and CISPA, was it? It was like a surveillance and censorship acts that they were trying to get through Congress, and it just wasn't going to fly. So then they started doing a bunch of false flags so they could backdoor those kind of surveillance and censorship efforts, even without legislation. And I feel like they're doing that with this in that they're making it a, quote, diplomacy act. And what they're doing is they're taking this kind of thing out of the hands of Congress. They're making it not legislative. They're making it not national. They're making it international. To me, it's straight out of the World Economic Forum. I just want to read you a couple of descriptive things about this act and tell you what I think about it and how it folds into the World Economic Forum. So... The House passed this bill in April and it uh, I'll read you what the what the bill actually says, like the blurb. When you pull the bill up, it says a couple of sentences. This bill establishes the Office of International Cyberspace Policy within the Department of State. The duties would include advising the State Department on cyberspace issues and leading diplomatic efforts. On issues relating to international cybersecurity, internet access and freedom and international cyber threats. They, they are going to implement U.S. policy to work internationally to promote open, interoperable and secure internet governed by, this is so World Economic Forum, a multi-stakeholder model. It also directs Multi-stakeholder. The multi-stakeholder. Uh, the bill also directs the president to devise a strategy related to... U.S. engagement with foreign governments on international norms with respect to responsible state behavior in cyberspace. Maybe I should have... Uh, paraphrased all that, but it looks like they're talking about international cybersecurity, internet access and freedom, cyber threats, uh, establishing international dorms for the governments to behave and probably also to cooperate, share information. But the fact that it's going through the State Department makes me think that this is going to be highly secretive. It's going to have to do with backdoors. It's going to have to do with surveillance. It's going to have to do with information sharing. It's going to have to do with uh, censorship, controlling who can be on the internet and who can't and they want it at the international level, it will be out of our hands and it will control us I, 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 it, making it look like the United States is leading the charge on this makes it look like it's going to be in our favor, but it's really it seems to me that they're just being the handmaidens of <clears throat> uh, the World Economic Forum So It's like
1: they're repeating everything we heard from the Great Reset videos right now yes, the, in these yes, meetings so at the G7
0: that's why I went to look at the World Economic Forum thing because I knew that Klaus was focusing on on cybersecurity. Supposedly, I want to read uh, the two like one second si- sound bites of the guys. Uh, the The president would appoint an ambassador to lead up this Bureau of International Cyberspace Policy. I mean, that is like straight out of uh, you know the novel Brazil or whatever. <laughs> And Langvin said moving forward, this Bureau of International Cyberspace Policy at the State Department will empower our diplomatic corps to ensure like-minded nations speak with one voice in the face of norms-busting behavior. So they're going to unilaterally set the norms, and any other country that doesn't follow suit will bust those norms, and then the allies will gang up on them and try to usurp their sovereignty in this space. Then Gallagher, another congressman, says, in an increasingly connected world, so now we have that globalism push, we must have the proper structures in place to... Promote our values and interests in cyberspace. That is so outside the realm of what the Constitution empowers a congressman to do even within our borders, much less in the realm of cyberspace and in the world at large. It's outrageous. It is like the definition of unjust warfare is to promote your interests abroad.
1: And again, they throw that vague phrasing to promote our values out as though It's just assumed that we all have the exact same values and we all know what they are in cyberspace internationally. Klaus Schwab could not have written this script better himself.
0: Right. And I'll just read one quote from the World Economic Forum page. I'm reading them word for word because you can hear all the buzzwords. Right. So I'm listening to. Uh, it's really the buzzwords and the earmarks of global fascism, as I see it. You hear public-private or corporate-government. You hear shareholder-stakeholder. You hear economic rights, human rights, international coordination, and norms. Like these are all things I pulled out of the World Economic Forum article, which I'm putting in the show notes or linking. Let you we'll link into the show notes. Um, it goes uh it's I think it's ultimately about surveillance and control transparency accountability reporting monitoring attaching um probably like what what Alice McDowell and the ice age farmer were talking about like every every tomato every child every activity every asthma inhaler you pull on is going to be connected in the blockchain I believe that's where this is probably going to dovetail, the last thing I'll say about it is the World Economic Forum quote, which really reflects what these guys are talking about. Cybersecurity, this is they you say that the Davos guys, is a team sport And success hinges on the contributions of all ecosystem players, the complex challenges in ensuring trust and safety in today's digital reality, like supply chain security, which they have us freaked out about, cybercrime, they have us freaked out about, privacy, haha, they're on our side, I don't think so, and many others can only be solved through fascism Worldwide. I mean, public-private cooperation on the global level. (laughs) So it's worldwide fascism, and they're doing it in the virtual world, which is where globalism will really live because they're shutting us down physically, but they're expanding their power virtually. I love how they're pretending
1: that this is Biden that's behind this and he's leading the charge, as you said, making it seem as though it's going to favor the United States. When we heard Klaus Schwab and all those other CEOs and globalists say this exact same stuff, that they want to use COVID to implement this exact same stuff, the same language months ago. But now, of course, it's Biden coming up with all of this.
0: And you know what I think is what it took me a really, really long time to finally believe that this was a big part of it. These guys, when you see them, they're like at lakes and resorts. They shut down these big hotels. Really, they, they they literally meet in rooms sometimes that are gilded, like have gold ceilings and stuff. And I feel like the glamour, the power, the the attention, and really the opulence is as important to them as it was to the kings that supposedly they overthrew for the good of the, de- the demos. Yeah, it's a showcase
1: of status. I'm surprised we don't see a meeting between some of them sitting in a hot sauna, sitting naked with towels around them. It's it is this little highbrow appearance they try and showcase like they're above everybody else. Speaking of tech companies, tech companies are training artificial intelligence to get ready, read your lips. Isn't that what, what George Messina read my lips?
0: Yeah. Well now AI is gonna George be a first quote.
1: Yeah, gonna be reading lips. It, there's a new app called it's S-R-A-V-I, speech recognition app for the voice impaired, and it's able to recognize only a few dozen phrases right now, but at a 90% accuracy rate. And it's not, the, it's not fully available yet, but it is expected to be the first AI lip reading app that is available to the public. Now, there are good uses for stuff like this, and there are some questionable uses for stuff like this that I'll quickly go through. Positive use is that it's being deployed in hospitals, public, well, I don't know about public transportation, but hospitals is the positive use that I see to help doctors communicate with injured patients. I know from my mom's experience that it is often, especially for doctors, uh, people who are not around the patient to be able to read the patient's lips. When you're around the patient, around the person, you can get better at it. But it often takes a long time for others to do it. They have to bring out a board and write letters on it. you got to go letter by letter and stuff like that. So this actually is a beneficial use for people who have tracheotomy tubes in hospitals.
0: Of course, that they take the, um, one minor use like the VR and stuff they show kids who are uh, paralyzed able to play sports through VR when, meanwhile, it's going to destroy the entire world. And I want that kids to be able to play sports, but at what price? Right.
1: Now some of the questionable uses are here's how here's the other research that's going on with it there's other tech giants that are working on lip reading apps as well and they're working directly with Google, Huawei, Samsung, Sony, and they're all researching these, what they're calling VSR systems, and they're making these rapid advancements. Is according to a Motherboard, looking at the patents and the research available. And Sarvi is not the only application that th- th- this company called Lippo is working on. They're working on a phase two project now. It's in phase two with the UK Defense Research Agency to develop a tool that would allow law enforcement agencies to search through silent CCTV footage and identify when people say certain words. So, if you're looking for specific keywords on CCTV footage, CCTV footage the police will be doing that. Another potential use for it is <laughs> this, was, this one made me laugh, although it's kind of terrifying. Is the surveillance company Motorola Solutions, they have a patent for a lip reading system designed to aid police. Uh Skylabs, Skylark Labs, a startup. What? Like, yeah, like it, in
0: Terminator?
1: Yeah, I guess so.
0: Is it wasn't that called Skylab?
1: I think it was something like that. Yeah, this one is Skylab. Maybe Skylab
0: was that satellite. Remember, Skylab was falling. It was probably before you were even born. It's something similar to that. I can't remember
1: what it is, but this startup, the founder of the startup has ties with DARPA and their lip reading system is currently deployed in private homes and a state controlled power company in India is using it to detect foul and abusive language kind of reminds me of demolition man except totally for reading your lips maybe a little paper comes out finds you
0: I mean, right, you can't yeah. even
1: whisper something in people's... ear. We're, we're getting to that. So, when you watch a baseball game, the pitchers and catchers, when they go meet at the mound, you see they now cover their faces with their gloves completely because they know there's little monitors in in the dugouts, and they know that the other team is trying to read their lips or trying to steal signals to know what pitches are going to be thrown. So, they're just covering their faces in gloves. People are going to be walking around with gloves all the time, just trying to shield their face from
0: being seen, just to have a little bit of conversational Privacy, yeah, no, I think that too. I think sometimes, like when can you have privacy? You leave your phone at home, but they I mean, I've seen in movies twenty years old that they're they can read your lips and listen to your whispers from space or something crazy like that. I mean, I'm not saying they're doing that to <laughs> the rank and file, but but they're that's what the, that's what this is for because the that was what like shot blocker and the red light cameras were all about surveilling or placing surveillance on every single person 24 it was called total information awareness and it was 24 7 surveillance of everybody and they were talking about cameras facial recognition and gate recognition and now they have visual audio and apparently lip reading technology to augment that
1: and i want to know why huawei and samsung and google has patents or patent applications and are doing research into lip reading technology. Why does Google
0: need to read my lips? It's well, because they don't want you to be abused. It's for your own good. Like that's the funny part. It's always for the poor, for the underprivileged, for the people who, and when you talk about it like that, like a, an abused woman say domestic violence, what you're saying is the world was created only for the very strongest and autonomous so we we only have a legal system, a government system that contemplates uh men who can defend themselves and you know are are total jerks at all times and we need an increasingly nanny like state for the kids who are paralyzed for the women who can't defend themselves against their husbands for uh i don't know people who have eggshell psyches when it comes to. Um, being triggered by hate language or something. Whereas the idea of self defense or don't touch me or my stuff is designed to protect the weakest. That's the thing is that it's the strong ones who take you and your stuff. The strong ones, which are the ones who are spearheading this stuff, are never going out of their way to protect you. They're only saying that so they can get what they want at your expense. What else could it possibly be that there's this unusual, all the altruism in the whole world is concentrated at the World Economic Forum, Salesforce and Google? That they and they alone act out of altruistic motives and that we're all a bunch of jerks and need to be monitored constantly because we're trying to hurt each other and they're trying to save us all from each other. It's preposterous.
1: Yeah, it reminds me of what Loki, the god of mischief, said. He's burdened with glorious purpose to rule over the people and he would make it so easy for them and he would make their lives so much better by taking away all their choices and all their privacy.
0: (laughs) Yes. And that is this whole idea of the totalitarian technocracy, because I was thinking of that. What if you had a baby? And so now they're saying that they think autism maybe isn't tied just to vaccines, but to the fact that you were giving your baby, they were recommending Tylenol to uh, right after little baby vaccines, so that they wouldn't get fevers and be sick. And what if you went and said, okay, I'm worried about the Tylenol. I don't know if it's the vaccine or what, but if the vaccine makes my baby sick and I can't give it, you know, I just want to skip it. They're going to say you can't, uh, and And the the answer is going to be because the experts know better that is a technocracy that 's where you don 't have rights and the totalitarianism is that the technocracy can replace you as the decision maker for your own life so this stuff all folds into a technocratic totalitarian world system of Control. I mean, I'm not even going to call it a government because it's going to be your, it's going to be a de facto because of big philanthropy. But yeah. don't leave big pharma out, Google hospitals. I was reading, I read this a while ago. I didn't bring it to the show. It was really like a month ago, but it's been haunting me. So Google strikes a deal with hospital chain to develop healthcare algorithms. And they said that patient records would be stripped of identifying information uh, before being shared with Google data scientists and the hospital system. And But the hospital system would control the data. Okay, so I think about this, another libertarian question, is... We should be able to. So HIPAA may stand in the way here of that's your privacy act. It's a government act. And I don't like that there are you have to have an act to control everybody's privacy. I feel like you should be able to negotiate with your own doctor what privacy you want, what uh, if you want to do arbitration or not. But you end up like always, especially out here in L.A., you have to capitulate all the doctors or the doctors I've seen require you to sign an arbitration clause. So if they all kind of collude to do that and the government prevents you from getting a doctor who isn't in the AMA or whatever, you have no power of negotiating one-on-one because they have this power to keep competition out of the provider space that you could have an arm's length transaction with. So I, I, this is my libertarian die by the sword, live by the sword thing. I don't know how to think about it, but I don't want them sharing my data, not only because Google is trying so hard to get into it. They just bought Fitbit for the data. Uh, Some of the stuff they've been doing, providing some services free. Google bought Fitbit? Yep. Yep. Everybody's using
1: Fitbit right now.
0: Right. I mean, and I use Lose It, so they know what I eat. They They know my heart rate. I don't use Fitbit, but I used to use something like that. Some of these things that Google provides without charging, And you know that is just so they can get the data. But here's the thing that really got me about this story is that it said, well, first of all, 150 Google employees already have access to much of the data on tens of millions of patients. They use the data in part to design new software underpinned by AI and machine learning advancements zeros in on individual patients to suggest changes in their care. Okay, and the Ascension, which I thought was a Catholic one, it's the second largest health system in the U.S. Uh, They say they aim in part to improve patient care. But also, this is what really pisses me off. It also hopes to mine data to identify additional tests that could be necessary or other ways in which the system could generate more revenue from patients.
1: So generate more revenue from patients is one of their motives.
0: Yes. And I actually saw a test. I think I would, I'm gonna go and I'm actually gonna say I saw a test kill my friend. She, my friend Liz, was dying of breast cancer. She was, I think she was dying of chemo and a lot of other things, but she was dying in the hospital. And when you're at that stage, your liver stops functioning and your electrolytes get out of whack and you start getting like delusional and stuff. It's very, yeah. very important to control the electrolytes artificially if you want to keep a person going like that. She had some spike in white blood cells, which you get when you have cancer. And uh, the doctor ordered her an MRI or some kind of test that made her they wouldn't let her drink. And you can't control the electrolytes without. She was severely dehydrated, so her her salt level went up, and she was dead within 24 hours of that. And she was so thirsty. I said, is there anything you want to say? Because I knew she was dying. And she said, all I really want is just to drink some water. So she would have been able to if they hadn't given the MRI. They knew damn well she wasn't going to make it. Once she started hallucinating, you know she's not, you know, there's nothing you can do. And uh, they just accelerated that process. I saw right before, and it was... I, the entire experience I had with her in her last days when on her last day, also within 24 hours, her doctor was selling her on another round of chemo. I mean, I had to stop it. Oh yeah. It was awful. And, um, anyway, so do you know I what the have, official
1: cause of death was listed as for was, her? Yeah. Was it septic <sighs> shock?
0: I, I doubt it would be septic. It might have been liver failure. I doubt it would have been septic.
1: That's a, those are associated together. Uh I'm just curious.
0: Se- isn't septic usually an outside septic shock infection? is when your
1: immune system uh it is fighting an anti it fi- it's fighting something in your body and it just yeah, an infection yeah, she, and I don't it, think she yeah. had an infection. Yeah, it attacks your body.
0: Yeah, I don't think she had an infection. But um She had... It was an electrolyte imbalance, like extreme to the point where she could not... Her liver couldn't function anymore or her liver wasn't functioning and she just... Whatever. But I then at that moment, that weekend, that few days, whatever it was, I realized or I concluded that what I was witnessing was people trying to make money, doctors trying to make money without any concern whatsoever the nurses were not like that, but the doctors without any concern for her suffering. And I just, I really, so now when I see that they're going to use this information to try to upsell stuff that they can sell and knowing that they get trained for that, I didn't mean to get totally derailed here, but I... It's kind of
1: brazen that they put that language in
0: Oh, no, it was like, no, 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 it wasn't. They found... No, Documents Show is what it says.
1: Oh, okay. That language was in
0: documents that, you know, they didn't put that in a press release.
1: Yeah, but it was in their documents, though. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I think that's how they get trained, but it's so grossly unethical. And, of course, since Fauci's wife is a very prominent bioethicist, I'm not surprised our bioethics are down the tubes. You know,
1: I don't even know if a lot of people, because of the training are consciously even thinking about it that way, because you go through the medical school and you're taught the procedures and the steps you're supposed to do. Here's what happens when you see this. You do this, that, and this. You see that. You do this, this, that, and this. And they're just given this checklist of things to do, and it might not even consciously register with some of them that the reason for that, some of those things is a financial benefit.
0: And I wouldn't be surprised if that's why they went back and digitized everything. So at first they digitized the records. I'm talking like ten or twenty years ago. My sister's a nurse practitioner, and she would complain because she was a, a executive, like senior per person in a nursing home, that it was just so cold and uh, it took so much time that she had to go and write all the stuff in digitally, and sometimes what she wanted to say wasn't reflected in numbers and codes. And now, I mean, I haven't talked to her about it lately, but I assume, or I wouldn't be surprised if they take all that data, all that aggregation, and they suggest, they just suggest what you should do. And if something is suggested to you as a doctor, you do, especially if it's suggested to you by the patient, you have to address why you're not doing it. And if you're not doing it, you need to do it. So something like that. So I could see this working hand in hand with what you're talking about, where they kind of take it out of the consciousness, the ethical and lawyers are like that, too. You don't and bankers and stuff. You never think about what's right or wrong. You think about what's required, what's legal. Yeah, you are supposed de- to do for yeah, your the superiors. Only, only defense you have legally is what the laws are. You never, ever are supposed to impart your own ethics or values on it. You're supposed to follow the law. That's the only thing you can get in trouble for. And I and, know and it's the same in medicine.
1: For our last story of the Free 30, we're going to talk about how much emerging painter Hunter Biden's artwork is expected to go for. And I'm going to review and describe his latest original pieces for you. But before we get to that, I want to tell you about what's going to be in the Patriot 15, which is we're going to talk about how Jeff Bezos is the subject of an interesting new petition that's already garnered thousands of signatures. And we'll show you what happens when you defund the police. And, of course, I want to give a big thank you to our sponsor of today's show, The Rye Guys. Do you love freedom? Does the daily news leave you shaking your head? Does mindless conformity give you the heebie-jeebies? Are you surrounded by people who just don't get it? Are you right now wearing clothes? You over there, yes, you, do you like cool clothes? Well, meet the Rye guys, makers of fun, freedom-loving t-shirts and more, quality products for independent thinkers and other such troublemakers. We make each of our handcrafted teas with equal parts satire, mischief, and Rye social commentary. Put on one of our teas and you'll meet kindred spirits, share a laugh, and enjoy great conversation. Take off one of our tees and, well, we're not here to judge you. We support liberty, peace, and voluntary solutions to societal ills. And you have our word, our products are never tested on animals other than sacred cows. So stop by today at www.ryguys.com. That's W-R-Y-G-U-Y-S dot com. dot com. The Ryguys. A Rye Wit for today's sh love the rye guys commercial always makes me laugh they got a great website check it out ryeguys.com see if you find something you like there and check out rockfin if you have not yet it's a new video platform where you can get exclusive video analysis of The our video analysis of the globalists themselves plotting to dominate the world. Not kidding. I find these little scene videos of the powers that be laying their plans. And Monica and I deconstruct them and show how these plans are playing out in the real world. Go ahead, Monica.
0: If you join through our channel try to watch a video pops up says subscribe you subscribe there you will get on our list of active subscribers and i will send you an invitation to the dpp so you'll get a separate invitation to the dpp vip dpp whatever so regardless of your status we do have a special for patron saints on patreon to get a very deep discount it practically makes rockfin free so so there's a we try to put a little crossover in there because we want people to get the maximum amount of the content no matter where they subscribe.
1: Yeah, and it's a cool emerging flat platform. I was gonna say platform. Platform. It's subscription based, which is a good thing because unlike YouTube, they're not censoring free speech. So there's a little bit of protection, a lot of protection actually behind that subscription price nine 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 a month. And with that subscription, what you're gonna get is you're gonna get not only the content from us, you get content from everybody on the platform, which includes people like Sam Triple. Jimmy Dore Scott Adams Mike Cernovich, a lot of great content
0: creators on there go ahead Monica and some of our friends like History Homos and We Are The Mad Ones and uh, who else did we get I know Legit Bat is on there we've got um I think Noble from the CFR network is on there. So lots of our friends, which is super nice. Yeah,
1: and these are video podcasts, and today we're going to be recording one later, and we're going to be going a little bit into the ESG standards and what is actually happening right now to try and force this agenda through by the powers that be, some interesting stuff that I found, as well as some more of the efforts of the, the globalists, the CFR, trying to force control of local news outlets which we did that before but we got some new angles on that so be sure and check that out rockfin.com slash propaganda report and now on to our final story of the day have you heard about this this emerging painter monica
0: (laughs) no he's getting so much
1: attention is it
0: wait is it w Is it George W. Bush?
1: Well, George W. Bush, he's old news. You know, he used to be the uh, hot uh, thing, uh, but now... now,
0: He's established.
1: Yeah, he's already there. (laughs) He's not as hungry as this guy, Hunter Biden. So, Hunter Biden is going to be featured at a solo exhibition at the... George Burgess Gallery in Soho this upcoming fall and according to Burgess who is Biden's art dealer he's got an art dealer Hunter Biden who has no formal art training has a prestigious art dealer and is getting his own solo expedition and according to Burg- Burgess exhibition, exhibition. yeah exhibit not expedition not the not the car
0: <laughs> exhibition he's not going on a journey to yeah. soho he
1: might get one of those too he gets anything he wants oh, it appears is it a ford yeah,
0: maybe a Ford <laughs> exhibition, and it's expected according to Burgess. That, wait, that would be funny if he Ford comes out with a Ford exhibition. Did the Hunter Biden special? Uh, yeah, and he's an exhibition instead of instead that? of the
1: Bauer. It's, it's uh, the exhibition. Hunter Biden.
0: But, but he's an exhibitionist as well, right? Didn't he take a picture of himself in the mirror with this thing hanging out? I'm wondering the, if he's going
1: to do any paintings of all of the images that are on the laptop. Oh, I would some, like to see that. Some nudes, perhaps? Perhaps, yeah. <laughs> well, Burgess says that Biden's original work will start at $75,000 and potentially go up to $500,000 for the larger paintings. Now, I'm not sure... Who is going to buy these? But I expect there to be a bidding war between Jimmy Kimmel and Brian Stelter. Perhaps maybe Jen Saki gets in there. I personally would like to see this artwork sprinkled around the White House inside the Oval Office so that every time Joe Biden is speaking, he can stop and turn and say, look at my boy's art. Look at the painting he did. He's such a a this was a five million dollar piece.
0: It was gifted to me from China. Proud of his son. No, this is it. Exactly. So Jack Ma or whatever, like Chinese guy who's got a lot of money and they're in league with, buys it the way you'd buy the Baltimore mayor's children's book for a library. So you buy it from him for 500 grand. You give it back to him. You, you, you <laughs> gift it to his dad so he hangs well, no, in the White he, House. You he he had to gift it to the White House, otherwise the dad has to pay taxes on it. Of
1: course, of so course. you gift
0: it to the White House, you leave it there for the next recipient. Yes. But it's just like... The books, the way these guys get rich off the books. You know, I secretly believe that Tales of My Father or whatever Obama's book was, like 500,000 copies were bought by Warren Buffett and tossed into the middle of the ocean just to right. get this guy some payola.
1: Yeah. Toss these into the Oval Office, surrounded by And when I tell you <laughs> what they look like here in a minute, I, you will you will appreciate, appreciate that even more. But this could be a little dicey here because this could really piss off progressives. Because here you have Hunter Biden who has no formal training in art. And I can tell you there is one man major theme for all these pieces of artwork and it's that they're all terrible (laughs) people who actually spent their entire lives working on their art and putting pieces out there and have barely made a dime for it are are seeing the president's son get this type of privilege here this is like it's like he's saddam hussein's kids there's nothing (laughs) more apparent now that hunter biden can get away with absolutely anything that he wants they're basically throwing that in our face now I don't know if he's going to cut off his ear. Maybe there's some crack in there and he tries to smoke it. And that like, he does a little Van Gogh, cuts it off. But here's my description of the artwork. They, they showed three pieces on the New York Post. And <laughs> the, first one, the first one looks like cheap hotel room wallpaper covered in mold spots. That's the first painting. Like I'm not talking like a $49 a night hotel. I'm talking a $6 or $9 a night hotel that you see on the side of a (laughs) truck stop. Right, yeah, by the hour. And the second one looks like a giant burnt flower surrounded by other flowers, as though he mistook that flower for a crack spoon when he was trying to cook up a little crack. The third one looks like a uterus from hell. (laughs) <laughs> with like 12 tentacles, each with an eyeball attached to it, coming out of it. It, it. It's like it's it's like it's hell's uterus and there's tentacles sprouting out and it's watching the world. Are
0: you going to put these in the
1: can we? link? Yes, to I will. I will include the link to these in there. And. He paints, they show how he paints and this is this is how they're just throwing this in your face. He paints like blow painting. I don't know if that's a technical term for it. Probably not. But when you look at the picture of Joe Biden painting, it shows him with a long straw to his mouth. And that long straw is going up and down a painted canvas as though he were huffing paint fumes, which strangely enough, the paintings look like somebody who just huffed paint fumes, painted them. But all the drug theme is in there. And it's just it's on purpose. Straw. Yeah, Hunter, it's it's so in your face and so absurd. I think they want us to see that he gets away with anything.
0: Can you imagine if Donald Trump Jr. were... Oh, it's gaslighting. That is... It's very hard to really put your finger on gaslighting. But that's like when a conservative is going to say, are you kidding me? That's just about his drug use. They're going to be like, what, are you paranoid? You're crazy. I, I don't even see what you're saying. I have no idea what you're yeah, talking no, about. Yeah, no, we're talking about it. That no, that's perfectly normal to me. I just...
1: <laughs> I can't see if... People actually, I know people will minimize this. It, just like last week, Hunter Biden, there were these text messages that leaked or they were on the laptop or something where he was calling his white lawyer friend the N-word over and over again. I, you know, I just don't believe that. It, it, I do. I absolutely oh, believe really? he does that. Yes, he do, I bet he does That's that awesome. all the time. And he probably does
0: it in public and knows but, he can get away with it. Right, well, I don't... Oh, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think actually, this whole thing when, that... Yeah. When you do... I, I have been around druggies and... Whatever the culture is where they cop, they tend to try to, like, fit in with that. Right. Because it's safer.
1: But he was doing it jokingly to his white friends. So as a hey-mout, you know, as a joke in his text messages, as an arrogant prick, this whole thing... Like, seriously, I'm halfway expecting a painting of his niece uh, lounging across a bed to be sold at this thing, and people just be like, that's a beautiful painting. Just nobody cares because he gets away with anything.
0: I think the cover of his... Book is like gaslighting. It's like a scared-looking little boy holding the hand of a grown man who you cannot see.
1: It's disgusting. It really it's does remind really me of the wacky. way Saddam Hussein's children could just just do anything they wanted, including murder people.
0: Oh, was that because they yeah, I have heard stories like that. That's crazy. Well, I have a couple of things. I have a shout out to our most recent patrons. Scott, Santiago, and Jennifer, thank you so much for your support. And I have a, I also want to tell people to go to, if you're interested in joining me at Freedom Fest, go to freedomfest.com. Go FF21Liberty is the code. And if you're going, let me know because hopefully we can do a little meetup there. It's in Rapids, Rapid City, South Dakota, July 21st to the 24th. And I would love to see you guys. I cannot wait to talk to some of these people on my list of uh appearances on the stage. Black Guns Matter, John McWhorter. John Mackey is not on my stage, but he's gonna be there. And I think that'll be interesting. I'd love to meet Tom Woods and Joe Jorgensen. So let let's let's go. Let's all go. I can't wait. I'm gonna try to prepare and do my best as my inaugural MC event. But there's something happening sooner than that that I'm here to shout out. James, our friend from the Blackbird podcast, asked us to shout out Nate Honey Badger Atkins. Nate is a great libertarian who swims in all the libertarian pools the state LP, the Mises Caucus, Agoras groups like Freedom Cells, and he's running for mayor of minneapolis which probably needs a good libertarian mayor right now he's going to kick off his campaign friday june 25th at 6 15 p.m at betty dangers animal farm i think it is now decorated exclusively with orwellian memorabilia Betty dangers
1: that's a great betty name. danger
0: it used to be betty dangerous country club but when she, when her place barely survived COVID, she changed it to Animal Farm because of the Orwellian nature of the world today. It is located in Northeast Minneapolis. It's the place with the big Ferris wheel. You can't miss it. And James has asked me, now it's a big ask. Oh, you can go to honeybadgerformayor.com slash events to find it. HoneyBadgerForMayor.com slash events. I will tell you this. I am working hard on a cocktail recipe called the Honey Badger for the event. I think I've got it, but it's a little fussy, so I need to make it simpler. We shall see. If you do want to check out our friend James' podcast, go to Blackbird.substack.com So I guess that's the next gen of Patreon. We probably need to look at that ourselves. And Let's go get us some Patron 15.
1: All right. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform or the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content I was telling you about, go to patreon.com slash Propaganda Report or go to rockfin.com slash Propaganda Report and join up there. We will talk to you all tomorrow or in the Patron 15. Have a fantastic rest of your day.